welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. We almost have a full screen today. We have Amy and Marla and Craig and Dennis and Carrie and Lou and Ted. Good to have everyone today. Today we'll be talking about the 78th verse of the Tao Te Ching. Uh, announcements. Lots of good re- recovery resources at buddyc.org. We, uh, we have a nightly 9 p.m. Eastern AA meeting, you can get there at zoomaameetings.com. There's a resources link there at buddyc.org that has all of that uh, information. Uh, lots of good things there that you could put to use. And the majority of the books that we use here, I have on the homepage there. So if you want to locate some of these books, they should be on the homepage. 78th verse. What I'm going to do, we're just going to read some different translations of this verse and just discuss it and see what it means to us, how it speaks to our experience, whether we're in recovery or not, does not really matter. How does it speak to us and apply to our life? That's what we're really interested in. Um, Amy, why don't you read the uh, Stephen Mitchell for me, please? Yep. This is Stephen Mitchell's translation of the 78th verse. Nothing in the world is as soft and yielding as water, yet for dissolving the hard and inflexible, nothing can surpass it. The soft overcomes the hard, the gentle overcomes the rigid. Everyone knows this is true, but few can put it into practice. Therefore, the master remains serene in the midst of sorrow. Evil cannot enter his heart. Because he has given up helping, he is people's greatest help. True words seem paradoxical. He is given up helping. Hmm. Because he's giving up helping, helping, because he has given up helping, he is people's greatest help. Okay. Marla, could you read uh, Wayne Dyer, please? Yeah. Nothing in the world is softer and weaker than water. But for attacking the hard, the unyielding, Nothing can surpass it. There is nothing like it. The weak overcomes the strong. The soft surpasses the hard. In all the world, there is no one who does not who does not know this. But no one can master the practice. Therefore, the master remains serene in the midst of sorrow. Evil cannot enter his heart. Because he has given up helping, he is people's greatest help. True, true words appear paradoxical. Yes. Because he's given up helping, he is people's greatest help. Hmm. Ted, would you read the, uh, does Benjamin Hoff have a translation of that that you could read for? Sure. Uh, the soft and the hard responsibility. Under heaven, nothing is softer and weaker than water. Yet for attacking the hard and strong, nothing is capable of excelling it. There is nothing that can take its place. The weak wins over the strong, the soft wins over the hard. Under heaven, no one does not know that, but no one is capable of applying it. 
A wise man has said, one who can shoulder responsibility for the dirt and dishonest, this dishonor of the state can be called Lord of the land. One who can shoulder responsibility for the ill fortune of the nation can be called all under heaven's ruler. Proper words can seem contrary. Anyone else have a trans? Thank you, Ted. Anyone else have a translation they would like to read? Comments? Wait, can I, can I read Jonathan Stars? Sure. Nothing in this world is as soft and yielding as water, yet for attacking the hard and strong, none can triumph, it's, none can triumph so easily. It is weak, yet none can equal it. It is soft, yet none can damage it. It is yielding, yet none can wear it away. Everyone knows that the soft overcomes the hard, and the yielding triumphs over the rigid. Why then so little faith? Why can no one practice it? So the sages say, fulfill even the lowest position. Love even the weakest creature. Then you will be called Lord of every offering, King of all below heaven. Hmm. He took a little different position with that, didn't he? Yeah, and it wasn't, um, I was kind of getting hung up on, he, he stopped helping people and became people's greatest help because in recovery, I'm taught to help people. Exactly, but but you don't have the ability to within yourself to help. Right. So when I read stars, then I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Hello, Kate. Good to have you today, ma'am. We're on the 78th verse of the Tao Te Ching is where we're at. Thank you. Amy, for me, I had to go back to uh, thinking about water and the process that water takes and using that as an example of, of my attitude towards service. Um, water doesn't seem to have any it has no form or structure of itself. You know, it uses what in what energy it has available. And it goes wherever it can. And I thought about you, Carrie. I'd, uh, a prior time that we had looked at this, I'd wrote down to substitute love for water. So if I go through this and I substitute love for where I see water in the 78th verse, it makes a lot of sense to me. Uh Nothing in the world is as soft and yielding as love. Yet for dissolving the hard and inflexible, nothing can surpass it. Uh, you know, when I thought about that, I said, yeah, I said, that's true. That's true. That, that love is our example. Water can be our example for, our, for how to love and how to, uh, how to show kindness, uh, for others and, and how to, you know, how we're to behave really. Water's a, an example of that for us. Uh, that he has given up helping. I think that's surrender. Uh, I'm giving up the, uh, I do not have the ability to help. And I could look at recovery the same way. I don't have the ability to recover. <laughs> My attitude, the attitude's the same. I have I have to get out of the way. I have to stop the self-effort. But isn't it, I, now I'm just kind of focusing on the word paradoxical, right? Because, and then Ron Hogan's translation, I love the ending. Sometimes the truth makes no sense. 
Um, so is it my version of helping is I got to fix, manage, and control, right? So that's the part I have to stop doing. Yes. And surrender and let go. And then only by using my experience and in real life, you know, my journey of, of active alcoholism into sobriety and now my journey in sobriety, that is what helps people. Oh, program of attraction. Oh, I love how I love watching it work itself out. <laughs> I, I just had an idea about this, Amy. What about. You know, water uses gravity to go where it needs to go and all of that, right? What if the way we help is, what if we thought of our experience as being the gravity? We go to where our experience is. Does that make sense? Like, like, like our experience is what leads us to where, what we share and, and how we move and where we go. Uh, that's how water finds the lowest spot is just is taking where gravity takes it comments anybody well also on this way if it hits a big boulder it doesn't try to push it out of the way and just goes around it or it's there surrenders to it and moves on and if it goes around it for long enough it'll start wearing the boulder away right yeah i think that's an interesting point too is uh, um although water doesn't use power and control and and strong effort uh, you can't deny that water has an impact water has an influence exactly exactly dennis yeah yeah it reminds you in recover when we say we cease fighting everything and everybody right we surrender and 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 i had to think twice about that what is the third stanza we're talking about when when we when we're saying we don't we don't help anybody so we help them all <laughs> and and it's kind of you 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 not take control over anything anymore. And it reminded me the first time I think it's about a decade ago in a meeting, a friend of mine he was talking about that that fighting was kind of like swimming up against the, the stream in the river, and you keep doing it. That was a natural thing for me. I'm like, oh, I want to fight everything and everybody and figure it out by myself. And in the end, I'm getting fatigued. I'm getting so exhausted that I'm just letting go. And I'm finding out that I'm ending just up where I need to be. Uh, that's pretty powerful. Then I kind of like in um, in your um, in your version. What do you call that? It's not a version. It's uh, interpretation of it. I actually like that you're kind of uh, taking away the the, um, the the confusion a little bit because you're saying the third stanza in the world, no one has this knowledge. Where let me just take Wayne Dyer, where it says, uh, therefore the master remains serene in the midst of sorrow. Evil cannot enter this heart because he is given up helping. It's it's it says that we have uh, where is it where we said that that we have all the knowledge, but we don't know how to put it into action. That was the one I was looking for. But in your interpretation, we just go in and say we don't have this knowledge really, or we don't know how to put it to use. Is really what it is. We we yeah, know yeah, that yeah. that it's 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 being. Um, being more lovable is always also a way to say that, that you. So the sage, the way I said it was, so the sage exerts powerlessness to meet any challenge, knowing she has unlimited strength, not her own. Mm-hmm. Buddy, what I would say on that, Dennis, is that um, it reminds me of a, 
kind of a slogan in Al-Anon, maybe one, maybe the same one in AA, which is that when we take responsibility for somebody else's recovery, then we're denying them the dignity of their own desperation. And um, that's the opposite of um, being water-like, I think, where um, you don't take that on, you don't try to control it, um, and, and you're aware of your role. Water has its role. Earthquake has its role, maybe. But uh, if you want to go with the flow and, and do things that are non-controlling and non, um, not immediately disruptive, then, you know, that's the way of water. That's that's pretty cool. I actually heard a speaker once saying that I wouldn't give anybody the gift of sobriety even if I could, because I would rob them from their journey. Right? And that kind of says it there. Pretty good. You know, water seeks the lowest spot, and that's the master giving up, uh, giving up helping within his own power. Anyone else? Yeah, um, I'm trying to get my head around all of this. Um, I, I see in, in Hoff's uh, view of, of the Tao, he says, and weaker than water, nothing is softer and weaker than water. I know that water can generate electricity. A water created the uh, Grand Canyon. It's all a matter of time with the Grand Canyon. Uh, I think water is extremely powerful. Um, as far as advice is concerned, I can't give advice to anybody because I'm very rarely able to give myself advice. I don't even listen to my own words. But everybody has a filter for, for listening to things. If someone wants to take what it is that I'm saying and put it into their situation, that's up to them. It's not up to me. Um, all I can do is speak my own story, speak my own uh, way of doing things. And if someone else wants to take that and, and make it theirs, that's up to them. It's certainly not up to me. Now, under heaven, nothing is softer and weaker than water. I don't know. I, I would have to go to the end of, of his, uh, look at the Tao and say proper words can seem contrary because I don't believe that water is softer and weaker than anything, you know, because it says under heaven, nothing is softer and weaker than water. I, I don't necessarily believe that. I believe that uh, I know I, I spent, I spent some time in, in, um, in Norway and they, their waterfalls actually, um, create the electricity that they use. They're a very electrical, uh, society. And when when a waterfall is not tapped for electricity, they call it. Oh, that's a useless waterfall. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I'm having a little bit of problem with number seventy eight. Uh, in that, um, I, I do believe that proper words can seem contrary, but I'm I'm just not sure about the water part being softer and weaker. Well, I'm thinking about that in the in regards, Ted, to that. There's nothing more yielding than water. There's nothing that's more flexible than water. Water's not going to resist. Water's going to find a way around. And I think that's the, for me, that's the yielding part of water. Not that it's not going to change things with time, but just that it does not resist. It just goes where it can go based on, uh, you know, gravity and, and where it can. It'll go to the lowest places. 
And I think that's probably the idea behind that, or that's how I, I see that. Uh, uh, and when I'm disturbed about something, when I'm starting to get upset, I'm not being flexible. I'm doing the opposite. Water is not my uh, example with that. Uh, when I resist. And I think, think about this. If we share from our experience, let's say if I'm sharing with someone how I got sober, and this is what's unique to recovery for me that's unique to everything else. And we, you know, we've talked about this multiple times, but when I share with someone, um, I'm sharing from a point of yielding. I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm not trying to push anything. Uh, all I'm doing is sharing how it worked for me. And that is a point that, that is a place of yielding. You're not, and, and there's nothing that you can fight back when someone shares their experience. It's not a matter of debate because there's nothing to prove. It's just my experience and there, there's nothing to, and there's nothing to defend either. See? That's a that's a real point of yielding, Craig. That's where one of the versions of the the steps come into it. Where it says in the big book, really, we've seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed a path. I think one of the versions could be like, if you want it, this is what I did. You know, if you if you want why I have, this is how I did it. If you don't want it, then carry on. You know, I can I can help you so much, but you know, I can't do it for you. Uh, and I think Ted's absolutely spot on. You know, I, I can't do, I, I can't, uh, Ted and Lou both said it. No, I'm not responsible for your recovery. That's, that's your business. Um, yet you have to be doing it yourself. The exact same as I had to do it and the exact same as everybody else here is, is doing it. Um, we, we cannot take responsibility for anybody else's. And I think that's one of the translations was talking about as well. When the master takes on everybody else's problems, then he's not really going to get that far because he just becomes bogged down in everybody else's shit that he just, can't do anything. Um, I, I can help if you want it. But if not, then carry on. You know, I I, I tend to agree with with Craig. Uh, I have a little story in that I was in a situation where I was asked my opinion of something, and uh, unfortunately, unfortunately for me, I gave my opinion, <laughs> and uh, the uh, facilitator of the meeting started to tell me where I was wrong and started to tell everybody else where I was wrong, in my opinion. Well, I believe, it's my, in my own opinion, I believe that nobody's opinion is right or wrong. It all depends on how someone receives it. Uh, and the way I receive my own opinions is this is what I think about something. It doesn't mean that I'm right or wrong. It's just that's my opinion on something. I believe that everyone has an opinion and they are not like assholes. They're like hearts. Heart, everyone has a heart, just like everyone has an opinion. doesn't make them right or wrong. It's just that they have an opinion. Also, if I stick to my experience rather than what I believe, uh, like we like to do in, like we do in recovery, like, in AA and in all the recovery meetings I'm in, including this one, talk about what our experience with something rather than what we believe about it. 
And if we stay out of belief and just stick with experience, that keeps us in a place of flexibility. That keeps us in a place that we don't fight. It's still a place of surrender regardless. So that's good. Thank you, Ted. So I, I like it when you get these old timers coming into meetings and say, in my experience, I think you should be doing this. You should be doing it this way. Okay, thank you. Heidi, do you have something? Um, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm Heidi. I'm, I'm driving. So, um, <laughs> um, so, um, for me, like, I, I'm a, I'm a healthcare provider. And when I get, you know, like patients that, you know, I, I, I try to give my, my advice and my expertise to, you know, um, a lot of the times that's not well received. And I, I feel like ever since I've kind of embraced this way of looking at things that I have more of an empathy for other people now. Like, um, you know, it makes my compassion grow, you know, um, to see things from another person's point of view. Um, so um, I just wanted to point that out for, for myself. So that's all I had. Thank you, Heidi. Anyone else? Anyone else? How about this line? The master remains serene in the midst of sorrow. That. That reminds me of not taking responsibility. If I'm in that place of flexibility, um, I'm not taking blame nor credit, right? If I, if I'm, let's say I'm working with a sponsee, it's not blame nor credit. I just share my experience. And this, this relates so much to me with working with others. I think that reminded me more of watching people in recovery lose someone very close to them and without calling any specific people out watching especially in the last several months watching someone close lose someone close and staying calm and staying serene and being helpful to other people, not by trying to fix, manage, control, and manipulate and tell them how they should feel, just by setting the example of it's okay not to be okay. The sorrow, the sorrow is there. I think anyone, anytime, and, and I, maybe it's easier for me to speak because I haven't lost someone very close to me in recovery. I only lost people before I got sober and then I just drank more and I didn't feel the sorrow and I made it all about me. Mm -hmm. But seeing other other people people go through it, I'm echoing, seeing other people go through it, then realizing, wow, it's possible. It's possible to go through it and remain serene, as it says. Stephen Mitchell's translation is where it says, Therefore, the master remains serene in the midst of sorrow. Evil cannot enter his heart. Watching someone lose someone and not get pissed off at the doctors, not get pissed off at at other people, not blaming other people, not not playing the victim. You know, I think um, that's what I thought about. Um, So then I guess that from that aspect. He has given up helping. He is people's greatest help. Again, program of attraction. So 
how do we find that place of being soft and yielding? That's the whole point, right? Is how, how do we get to that place of, of being, being like water? You surrender to the moment. Isn't that how you do? I mean, whatever you're going through, if it's anger you're sitting with, you oh, I'm just feeling anger. That's it. I <laughs> might disagree with somebody. Isn't that how you get there? Just yeah. like this is exactly how it's supposed to be. I stomp my toe on something and it sucks. Oh, then I don't have to pay, make a big fuss about it. It just hurts. And 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 the same with with everything else. We were talking about opinions before, and and I don't know what we. For me, it doesn't matter what we call it. But I cannot have an opinion. My experience with my, with my opinion is that I cannot have it without being judgmental to something else. So my experience and those things, they count more than what I think of other things. That's basically what my opinion is, right? So I, I, I took it to heart when, when somebody in recovery once said this old truck, I said, well, when other people think about me, it's none of my business. Man, that was so good. But then again, I think it was actually on this podcast where, where we said that what I think of others is none of my business either. So a lot of these things that we find in these sacred 81 verses here is it's really not for the mind, but for the heart somehow, right? When we try to put it into intellect, that's when we're trying to go into our different perceptions that creates uh, per, uh, perceptions and, and judgments and, and whatever it is. And then then we can easily get lost, I think, in, in, in that kind of... Then we're in deep water and we drown. So water can both be soft and it could be hard, right? If when I'm in my shower, it's comfortable, it, it, it feels good. But if I jump out from a cliff, it can kill me with the hard surface, right? So uh, it's interesting. Uh, Kate, do you have something? Hello, thank you. Um, yes, I, I wanted to respond to your... Um, your question and then other people said much wiser things than I was going to. Um, to me, the, the passage, you know, the bit that you were speaking about, you know, and challenging us on, therefore the master remains serene in the midst of sorrow. And to me, looking at that and the other three translations, and I know that everybody here is, much more adept in being able to look at the, the, the different, um, different meanings and the different subtleties. But, um, to me, it, it really speaks about acceptance. I mean, I love that word serene, you know, I mean, obviously I'm thinking serenity prayer. Um, but for the master to remain serene in the midst of sorrow, there is an acceptance. He who takes upon himself the humiliation of the people, that is acceptance. Um, only he who is the lowest servant of the kingdom. I mean, right there is humility and acceptance. Take on other people's problems and you can be their leader. And it's kind of, it is that paradox that is in, you know, the passage that somehow water that can appear so soft and yielding but like ted said you know it makes waterfalls it makes ice um and anybody who's seen a building that has got damp and it isn't being used water takes over um and it's this i don't know to me 
I guess it's my first time and I've really looked at this. I think this passage is really beautiful. This, this, this paradox of, um, something soft being powerful, um, something gentle overcoming the rigid, um, the master, the ruler, the, um, the, 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 the person who can lead is actually sort of not the least, but has that acceptance, has that, has that humility. I mean, it actually says he who takes upon himself the humiliation of the people. And rather than using the word humiliation, he who is humble, he who has humility. And right there is the paradox of a great leader and a great mentor and I mean, buddy, you were talking about, you know, you share your experience. That is someone essentially who has, if you like, given up helping because you're not trying to help and give opinions and so on. You just give up the helping, give up the trying, give up the, the ego, give up the self and just be and share experience. And that way you're the person's greatest help. Um, it kind of reminds me, um, a little bit, um, it, it's not my tradition, but I know that within Christianity, there's the story of, um, Jesus washing his disciples feet. Um, and you know, that was done by a servant and I don't know that it, it kind of, um, made me think of that and, you know, the, the, the leader being the servant and acceptance. The, the least, be, if you want to be the greatest, you've got to be the least, right? I think that's probably right. You probably know more than me, but. Oh, that's no, no. Kate, Kate, you've got us all wrong if you think that, dear. You're, you're more than welcome. You get the nail right on the head with acceptance. Oh, thank you. I'm going to mute oh. myself now. I'm yes, learning so you. much. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I have a tendency to believe that everyone is perfect in the way that they are. I think perfection doesn't elude any single one of us. Um, I, I'm looking at uh, proper words can seem contrary. Uh, someone had, did, had just mentioned the serenity prayer. Um, if there's anything that doesn't make me feel serene, it's got to be the serenity prayer. Only, only because it has one part of it that says the wisdom to know the difference. Boy, oh boy, that says a mouthful. I don't, I don't have that wisdom. That's, that's what makes me non-serene is knowing that I don't have the wisdom to know the difference. I try. I really try, but I can't, I just can't seem to get there. Thank you, Ted. Uh, Marla? You know, the way I feel about water is, you know, of course, it's a lot, very flexible, but it's it's so very strong in its mobility. And I think the Tao has, is, in, in all the previous verses, asks us to have a core, asks us to have stability and to be soft around that stability. I think that's what I'm reading about. That's what I'm reading about water. And also just a little bit of uh, like Jewish humor. The perfect matzo ball is very much like the Tao. It's got to be somewhat hard and firm on the inside and soft and mushy on the outside. 
And if you don't make the perfect matzo ball, you can no longer come for dinner. It's that big of a deal. But um, that's what it, it's like. That's what the Tao to me. It's like the perfect matzo ball, Stabi- stable, flexible, and mobile. Thank you, Marla. Thank you, dear. Craig. So just a couple of things that people have touched on. Kate was talking about um, being a servant, and it was it reminded me of the. The parable where Jesus is talking to two of the disciples, one that wants to be on his left hand and one who wants to sit in his right hand. And Jesus says, I'm like, that's fine, but you have to get rid of all your riches. If you want to be, if you want to be the, if you want to be the leader, then you have to be the servant. You have to be the lowest of, you know, not the lowest of the low, but, but you know, you have to be prepared to get down there with the people um, and show them how to do things. You have to stop you, helping. Yep. Right. Yeah, them that way. Yeah. Another thing was Dennis was talking about the um, about people's opinions. What other people think about what other people think of me is none of my opinion. I think that sereneness kind of kicks in when I can ex- when I can put that balance of. Um, well, I don't care what people think about me, but in all honesty, we do care what people think about us. There's a massive difference between caring what people think about us and. What other people think about us is none of my business. I think finding that balance and think to myself, well, do you know what? You know, I do care about things that people think about me because it, it can hurt sometimes what people think. I think when I reach that balance of kind of being in between the two of them, that's when I find that, that serenity of just letting go, letting things go and surrendering to what other people think. Thank you, Craig. Lou? I was just thinking about what um, Ted had said and what Marla had said, and it seems to me like water is paradoxical. It's yin and yang, right? So um, although it it takes the easy course and takes the gentle course, it's not um, overpowering, but it's persistent. And it where it, it um, seeks its own ground. So, But it does have, like I've said earlier, I think it has tremendous influence. It can drive um, power stations. It can um, have great waterfalls. It can... Um, have significant impact. Um, it can be calming. It can do all. Of, it can have all these aspects to it. Um, and so that's the paradox. It, it takes the. Um, it surrenders in some ways. It surrenders, but at the same time, it ends up having the impact. Um, so that's one thing. And the other thing I was I was recalling having read something from Ram Dass recently that on opinion, and he talked about if you go to uh, take a walk in the woods, you notice all the trees, that there's different kinds of trees. Some are big, some are small, some are bent, um, some are flourishing, some are struggling, and you just look at it and you say, oh, there are some trees and they're different, and there's probably some reasons why they're different. But then when you come back and uh, you enter into involvement with humans, then we get into some sometimes into the blaming and the comparison and all of that kind of stuff. So I thought that was um, somewhat germane to what we were talking about. Thank you, Lou. Uh, Carrie. Okay, so one of the things I did is I Googled the uh, properties of water. And as we're talking here, I wasn't really going to mention these, but I see so many of what we're talking about in the scientific properties of water. So I thought I would just read a couple of these real quick and just wait if I'm going too long. Uh, but the first one is water is polar because it has both negative and um, positive uh, charges. 
which makes me think of yin and yang. So it's already built into it. It's got two opposite sides in it already. Um, it's an excellent solvent, which means it has the ability to dissolve uh, other substances, which makes it very valuable for carrying nutrients along with it. So it's already able to feed people and new, uh, give you nutrition. Uh, I thought this one was really interesting. It has a very high heat capacity, which means it takes a lot of energy to raise the temperature of water. Um, or to lower it, which makes it a great environment uh, for things to live in, right? Because the temperature isn't changing, but it made me think of um, just being serene, right? It takes a lot of energy to, to get water, to get it hot or to get it cold. It's going to stay pretty, pretty stable. Um, and then it also, there's a lot of them here. The last one is, I thought was interesting. It's got cohesive and adhesive property. So the the cohesive means that it, at the surface, it has really strong surface tension. So it holds together really strong, which allows it to hold things up like a boat or something in the ocean. So, you know, it's, it's natural properties to hold other people up. Um, but also it's adhesive, which means it has the property to move. Uh, what they say is, is that like it can defy gravity. So like that's how a tree can get it up. Uh, it can stick to things and move up veins and uh, up in the top of a tree and just pretty remarkable substance that, you know, we've been given. And I can see why they, they look at it so much as, uh, something that, you know, to, to act like. Thank you, Carrie. Amy, what's our, what's our big book quote today? Do you have one? I thought you might have already gotten your big book out and had us a quote ready. Yeah, no, I mean, no, the only one I'm really thinking about is we've ceased fighting anyone or anything, even alcohol. Yeah, I hate to use one. that one because we use it all the time. Right, right. right. That's probably why I have it. <laughs> How about this one on 86? Uh, we may not be able to determine which course of action to take or how to be flexible, right? We may not determine how to be flexible. Here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We accept, right? We relax and take it easy. Here we don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we've tried this for a while. What used to be the hunt or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. We find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration, we come to rely upon it. I think that's how we find that place of uh, serenity in the midst of sorrow. You know, I mean, Kate hit it square on the head. Thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. Wow, that is so powerful. And not even for the most extreme sorrows, even for the little sorrows that we have in life. For me, you know, I'll I'll pull out the big tools when it's the big things, but it's the little things I'll let slip by and, you know, still my acceptance. You know, those little sorrows are the things that I'll I'll tolerate sometimes. When I, I've got to apply, if I want to be serene, I want to be at peace, I've got to apply these principles to those little things too. But the two I keep coming back to, oh, Amy, your situation last week that you were talking about, uh, have you found some peace about it yet? Not yet. You, are you still working on it? You were talking about your, uh, you, are you still there? Yeah. You were talk, 
we were uh, talking about that. Uh, thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. And I wouldn't change the person, place, or thing, even if I could. And you said you weren't quite to the point yet to where you could say that. Have you uh, found yeah. something about that? You know, funny thing that you ask about that, buddy. Because <laughs> I ceased fighting. <laughs> See, what yes. happened was <laughs> yesterday, I just made a decision, right? I just freaking made a decision to let it go. And all of a sudden, <laughs> like I'm laughing because like this shit works. And when I least expect it, right? Not on my time. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. And it is definitely when I don't think it will. So all of a sudden I had probably the most sincere, softest, and most yielding conversation I've ever had with this person in the two plus years we've been working together. And it was revealed to more will be revealed when your own house is in order. So all of a sudden, (laughs) after that conversation yesterday, I happened to have worked in the office yesterday and I was on my way home and the drive took longer than usual. So I had more time to not get pissed off at traffic, but to reflect on the conversation. And all of a sudden I heard this voice because the way my God speaks to me is like, you know, um, the way that Ron Hogan does the doubt. Right. So Amy, would it be some shit if the person you thought was your biggest enemy out to get you turns out to be your biggest ally and your big, biggest advocate? And I was like, oh. so buddy, to answer your question, yes, only within the last 24 hours have I. Everybody can teach us something. We can learn something from everybody. Well, tell, the truth is paradoxical. Like every one of the, everyone that looked at all the translators talked about Hogan said, sometimes truth makes no sense. And then I think truth always makes no sense. I mean, look at the paradox, the AA paradox. We surrender to win. That is yielding. We give away the key. We suffer to get well. We die to live. All of that is how I become flexible to accept. I just have to surrender and let go. I have to. If I don't surrender and let go, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's good. And it really is. It's all acceptance. Ultimately, that's how, how do I, uh, become flexible and, uh, stop the fight. I have to accept. I have to. Does it mean that I approve? Acceptance does not mean approval. It does. I can accept a situation and not approve it. Okay. Acceptance for me means I accept things as they are right now. I cannot like it and still accept it. I used to think it meant I had to approve something. It doesn't mean that at all. It does not but I have to accept it as it is and not have this perception that it's different or I'm sitting there trying to change it in the moment. Lou. Yeah. That talk about paradoxical reminds me of the um, paradoxical, paradoxical commandments. Has anybody seen those? 
Mm-hmm. It's a, it comes from a book by Kent Keith and Mother Teresa had it on her wall and people have misattributed it to her, but it says things like people are illogical, unreasonable and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do, do good, people accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Do good anyway. The good you do today will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. So there's a whole series of um, those kinds of things that um, have the paradox to them. And they speak to um, your, your what you do um, may not have lasting impact, but if it's, you do the next right thing anyway, whether it does or not. So um, it's an interesting, interesting read, the story about how it came about, how he didn't know that Mother Teresa had it on her wall and how people attributed it to her. And then he found out about it and, and expanded it into a book. Thank you, Lou. Oh, by the way, are you the one that told me about Byron Katie's book on the Tao Te Ching? Was it you that mentioned that, I think? Someone did at our meeting. I forget who did. Uh, anyway. Her writing on the 78th verse, this is one paragraph I thought that was really good. The master's giving up helping because she knows there is no one to help. And since she loves and understands her own nature, she realizes that in every action, she is serving herself and sitting at her own feet. So there's nothing she gives that she doesn't receive in the same motion as the same internal experience. Even when she appears not to give, that is what she is giving. The master is the woman who dented your car, the man who stepped in front of you in line at the supermarket, the old friend who accused you of being selfish and unkind. Do you love the master yet? There's no peace until you do. This is your work, the only work, the work of the master. Craig. I just thought of something. Maybe not everybody wants my help. Maybe I should stop it. Maybe I'm interfering. It's, it's just clicked. So for the, past, <laughs> for the past 54 minutes, it's something that has, I have learned something. Yeah, maybe, maybe people don't need my help. Unsolicited advice, unsolicited opinions. No. But what if somebody wants, like, hey, Craig, how did you deal with that? Yes, that we want. Thank you, Marla. That's one thing that's changed for me and that I've actually noticed in sobriety is I quit injecting my opinion into every conversation. Unless I thought they really needed it. <laughs> I used to think they needed it in every conversation, you know. I love that it took Craig this long to realize because he has given up helping his people's greatest help. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. <laughs> yeah. No fairness, no fairness is nearly 10 o'clock at night. Kate, how did you hear about us, dear? I know where other people came from. I don't know where you came from. Um, I know Craig. I live about um, 30 miles away from Craig. And we met um, through an online recovery uh, oh gosh, group, would it be a group? Recovery Elevator Cafe RE. And on that, there was a WhatsApp group called Ditching the Booze. And Craig was the leader of my Ditching the Booze WhatsApp group. I was very, 
very, very early in recovery. And this guy popped on my phone and he sounded totally normal because obviously he has a Scottish accent, you know, and uh, I was like, oh man, here's somebody I can really relate to. And um, so I, I, I've actually met Craig in person um a couple of times so he's a real person kate because he's a real person he's a I'm real person and i have people all over the world so jealous that i've met craig oh, yeah. <laughs> and um so i consider craig a good friend here you are craig i'm just going to embarrass you a good friend um you take a lot more kate you're not embarrassing him all right. He's, he's also, it. he doesn't realize this, but he is a mentor and he's very wise. Um, he also, you know, needs a little bit of education in gender politics. And, you know, like he was just saying now about, you know, what other people think of me is not my business. I remember him saying that before and I've taken that on as a motto. You know, despite everything, you know, he's quite a clever guy. He texted me last week after an AA meeting that we go to together online, an online one, um, suggesting that I, you know, that I would be welcome to come along to this. But I've listened to this podcast and I love the wisdom and it's amazing to put faces to names I've heard speaking. That's, that's how I'm here. And thank you so much. Thank you, Kate. Don't yeah. cut out all the nice things that she said. Just leave them in. <laughs> Talking about water, you're in deep water now, Greg. <laughs> I'm in deep shit now. <laughs> Kate, I'll send you that money. I'll, I'll send you the money later on. Kate is actually the only person. That, so I've been in online communities for five years. Kate is the only person in any of the online communities that I've actually met in person. Oh, see, here's that competition thing, and I got you beat because I've met. I don't even know, probably 10 of our fourth dimensioners, maybe. That's maybe because you live in the same continent as them. I've um, got, I've got, I've got but my know. continent is bigger than your freaking country. Like, my state is probably bigger than your country. So, come on. <laughs> I will win, Craig. I will win. <laughs> I have people I've never even met send me pictures of them with Buddy. And you're like... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Anything else before we close? All right, guys, if there's nothing else, we will see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.